Hi everyone, you're listening to me, Pep Roper, on Neulinger in Berlin, a podcast about people who've chosen to live in this great city and pursue their passions here. Chatting over the cake with me this episode is Summer Banks. Originally from the US, Summer splits her time between Berlin and Madrid. Summer's main passion is improv theatre, and convinced me, someone who's always been a bit sceptical, to be honest, of what a wonderfully unique experience improv can be. Hello, Summer Banks. Hello. Welcome. Summer is here in my kitchen. Summer is here in my kitchen and outside of my kitchen. Thank you. Um, Summer's here to chat about improv theatre, improv comedy, improv theatre, things like that. Mm. We've had a little chat before about this, about improv, and it's something that I find difficult sometimes to understand because I think, yeah, you said yourself, it's kind of cheeky, right? Yeah. No, I mean, it's the... I wish I wish I could say cheeky in an American accent. <laughs> work. Uh, yeah, I it's it is asking people to watch you do something that you haven't rehearsed and you haven't written and you have no idea um, about how how good it will be to some extent, um, and you just kind of you know ask them to trust you that it will be amazing and. Frankly, most of the time it is. Yeah. Like that, that, that to me is the most amazing part about it. That through somehow this combination of people believing that it will be amazing and, and the fact that you actually have prepared quite a bit makes it amazing. Do you think that's the, the case of the audience as well when they go in? It's like, it's generally the type of people who are, who are, like, who are not like, I'm going to go and see this and see how awful it is. And it's generally people who are kind of like minded and want to go in and be entertained and enjoy. The interaction with you, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I think the the expectation from an audience going into improv is that they that they want to see the people succeed on stage. Yeah. As as opposed to stand up, mm-hmm. especially stand up in environments like Edinburgh, where it's yeah. where you get you get some hate watchers, yeah. if you will, trolls in the audience. Mm. That must be horrible. Yeah, but I think the generally the improv audience is much more much more generous. Because they also realize how crazy it is, mm-hmm. and they they want it's much more fun to watch people succeed too. Yeah, of course. Uh, than to watch people fail, it's almost like sports in that sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, like you want you want to root for your team. But yeah. you, so you didn't start improv till you came to Berlin. Not really. No, I did. Yeah. I did a little bit in high school. I want to say uh, as part of you know like high school mm-hmm. theater. Um, yeah, but I didn't really start seriously pursuing it. Yeah. Until here. Yeah, with a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful situation with what was Laugh Olympics and is now Comedy Sports Berlin. And they're still still around and still mm-hmm. super open. Yeah. And and a wonderful place yeah. to, to kind of start experimenting with improv. Yeah. So you are currently um, putting on a, a show called Woman on the Mound. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's a little bit more in a serious vein, or it's a bit of both. It's it's a bit of both. Yeah. It's I think improv tends its toward comedy, mm-hmm. um, mostly because I okay I think there's two reasons for it that that the easiest reaction to hear from an audience to to fu- like get some feedback about how you're how well you're doing because again you can't judge yourself against something pre written. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to get some kind of feedback. And laughter is really easy. It's mm. really easy to feel from an audience, yeah. really easy to hear. Yeah. And it's harder to tell if you're moving them, yeah. you know, yeah. with like your serious drama. <laughs> uh, so I th- that's, that's one reason, I think. And I think the other is that it does 
tend toward wit, like this idea of being spontaneous and coming up with things is something that we like to applaud and like to laugh at and kind of wonder at, as opposed to uh, being like, oh, that's making a very profound thought. Or that's that's, um, that's suddenly becoming very serious yeah i suppose you want yeah anyway. you want your profound thoughts to be thought out right yeah yeah, yeah i suppose it's and of course that's not always the case obviously right right and yeah. i think the yeah there's there's definitely movements within improv to to make sure that we keep questioning um to what extent we can push improv mm-hmm. in in different directions and one of the things that we're trying to do with woman on a mound is look at how much we can focus on character as opposed to story because a lot of of ways of getting suggestions in improv talk about a story like they talk about a location they talk about a job um relationships so they're they're looking more at what is the story going to tell and what we're trying to do in women on mound is look more at who is this person Mm -hmm. who is this character that we're about to see on stage and what relationship does that character have to the women that we already see on stage or that we see in television and the roles that are kind of presented for women and it's it's still very much in progress yeah, but yeah, it's a um, yeah. it's a really interesting form because it's intense in that there's a much longer process of exchanging with the audience in terms mm-hmm. of getting a suggestion about what this what this character is about and then it's a monologue, so there's no one to grab your back. Right. If you, you know, if you completely blank, then there's no no scene partner, if you will, coming in to rescue with yeah. a brilliant idea. So it's it's cool, but it's it's fun to try to take on some of these social questions about like what 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 is a woman on stage? What are we doing? <coughs> yeah. And um, I suppose thinking kind of like you, 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 you could, I suppose generally thinking sometimes oh there's no format you know there is no but of course there is the format in that I presume or am I wrong in presuming all all improv relies on the audience giving you the ideas or can you know you have and is it a case of relying on every session you know someone say this or like you know that's or or can there be a previous setup where it's like no no we're we're improving but we're going to be you know it's coming from from somewhere different not from the audience necessarily mm, yeah no it's it, there's pretty much always a focus on that that audience that is in yeah. that room yeah and to, i mean you can get people who i know a show where they they have the audience talk among each other about stories about love and first kisses etc and then they just listen to those to get their inspiration but then I also know a lot of people who just get one word and that's going to be their inspiration but I feel like the the most interesting to some extent are those that manage to really give the audience the sense that this is happening because they are there and because this one constellation of people, which will never happen again, yeah. um, is is there at that moment. Uh, because I think that's what's so exciting about live theater generally, yeah. is that we are all present. We're not, you know, on screens of some kind connected to places around the world. We're all in one space. 
And that continues in some ways to inspire what happens on stage. Like, because the audience continues to give feedback, like regardless of whether or not they're actually shouting out suggestions. They're still very much there. And to some extent, it sometimes very much feels like these stories are floating in the room. And what the improvisers on stage are doing is just really pulling them down and and kind of condensing them almost. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they're, it's the water that's in the air and they yeah. condense it. And then suddenly we all see it and we're like, yeah, yeah. that's that's apparently the story that we all want to tell right yeah. now. Um, and that's that's a really cool feeling. You make it sound very magical, actually. <laughs> yeah. Magic! Yeah. Well, I admit, because um, uh, maybe, maybe I'm being a bit of a cynic. Well, maybe I was a bit of a cynic about it. Because you're just like... Well, what are they doing? I don't know. Like, and, and as you said, you know, this this feeling of it being like, well, you're asking people for money. <laughs> like, like, and I'm a bit of a cheap date, to be honest. <laughs> so, well, and you're pay, paying money for... But then actually, yeah, as you say, it's not so much... It's it's about this experience that you're, as you say, in one place in time uh, that's not going to repeat itself it's, uh, again. But I, I wonder, do you, do you set improv up against general theatre? I mean, I obviously... There's no need. There's no need to really. Both have their mm. own merits. But is there is there a feeling of like oh, is there an argument that you put forward? You know, maybe maybe this week try and go and see some improv rather than you know what 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 like what rather than the argument that you would put forward to going to see an improv show rather than going to see a play. Oh, that's hard. Oh, that's that's a difficult question. I think that the best improv theater is as good as the best theater. Um, and it, it has its own f- form and limitations, but when you see people who who have worked at this craft for you know decades, and and it is a craft, the craft of telling a story, the craft of presenting characters, and that also reminds us in some ways, like that that word craft, um, that this isn't new in a lot of ways. This kind of presenting of theater that's somewhat improvised, for example, goes back to Commedia dell'arte when they had characters and, and stock forms, but a lot of the dialogue was improvised. Um, jesters, you Very know, true. all of these these bards that go yeah. around, like certainly, sure, they're, they're set songs and things, but when you when you tell the story of yeah. the king and the queen, yeah. And, yeah. and you're telling it a hundred times, yeah. like, you start changing yeah. things. Yeah. And you also start listening to what your audience wants to hear, yeah. right? So there's that that interplay between the audience and the performer, writer, mm-hmm. director, it isn't that new? Yeah. And and this is just the form that we found, I think, in yeah. the twentieth, twenty first century. That's that's plays in the theater space usually, um, although there, yeah, there's exceptions. But yes, usually plays in the theater space and has this kind of form that leads toward comedy, leads toward. Um, Almost sometimes sitcommy type forms, but there's also people who do an improvised Jane Austen novel. Like <laughs> it's a thing, um, and yeah, there's there was a great series of articles in a theater journal slash magazine in the U.S. about about improv theater really making an attempt to be theater, um, and that was was cool. It was cool to see someone recognize. To some extent, the 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 commonalities between between both theater and improv, and 
Yeah, I think what improv does better than theater is this absolute focus on needing to be present in the moment. Um, because a lot of theater, when it's scripted, etc., there's this feeling that it's timeless mm-hmm. and that, that these classics will exist forever and that you're serving this kind of timeless thing. But in improv, it's of that moment, it is in that moment, and there's really nothing... It's, it's why improv looks so bad on film, I think. Right. Because it's, it, once it's taken out of that moment, out of that context, out of that space... Do you know what? I agree, because I, I think um, in prepping to come and chat to you, I was like, oh, I should look at some stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, he's uh, running around there, and she's, oh, that's it. And you, you realise, well, actually, and you, you, you need to give people a break, because obviously atmospheres just make so they make so much of a difference and people are so much more prepared to laugh when someone else is laughing mm. or and and actually you know and, and yeah you're absolutely right i think that physical that physical being of, of of being there and being part of the audience yeah i mean and i've been talking about it as this, if it's all very magical and wonderful there is bad improv yeah I'm sure there is yeah. there is very <laughs> much bad yeah, improv yeah. and it's hard it's just hard to categorize what makes something bad improv but Mm, yeah, and there's some there's some stuff that just that negates this basic rule of yeah. yes and yeah. there's there's people making racist commentary and jokes and I mean you can argue yeah there's 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 different ways of being bad yeah of course always <laughs> and everything um, yeah it's all the time um what was I gonna um do you have a preferred size of audience or is it just it it just depends who's there. Um, obviously, do you think is there a limit to how large an audience can be when you're? Uh, no, no, no. I think uh, you can see improv play pretty well on big stages. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just have to have a form that works for that and mm. and reasonable acoustics. Yeah. Uh, I man, I like I like big audiences. I had and it was a show where I had to be clean because it was for Christians. Um, right. It's a Christian youth show. <laughs> it's the improv Christian show. Um, and yeah, but I mean, it just meant I couldn't. I couldn't say hell. Oh. You know, it was H E double hockey sticks. But they and, like, like that. Yeah, I mean, well, huh, that's not good there. But um, it was, and it was wonderful because it was like I don't know, five hundred Christian teenagers. Yeah. And this was their fun, you know. So it was. There was just so much energy to play with. Yeah. Um, in the room and then also to try to <laughs> self-censor yeah. Um, yeah in addition to being spontaneous and saying yes and being like yeah. but yes but no hell yeah or or shit no shit yeah. shit is not a good word yeah should we should we improv the brownies hey um so brownies for summer banks oh my god brownies so brownies i'm introducing to you my my very special dark chocolate and raspberry brownies so yeah, this one is very carefully arranged for you. That big fat one with the raspberry in it. Dark chocolate. You said that you liked uh, you liked the chocolate. I like and the you chocolate. Liked, yeah, of course you doesn't. Um, so please go for it. <laughs> you have to eat them all. I'm gonna sit and watch. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, these are my it's these like are my favorite shock. favorite ones. Uh, yeah, I'll have a wee one. Yeah. Mmm. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Okay. I don't want to sound patronizing either, <laughs> but I have, I have low expectations when it comes to non non Americans making brownies. Yeah, because I've had bad experiences. Yeah, when people are passing off like dry chocolate cake as brownie, this is the exact opposite. Not in this house. This is amazing. It's beautifully fudgy. So necessary. 
And then I like, because I, I, was, I was actually imagining a raspberry sauce or a jam. No, real no. raspberry. Just put them in there. Just Hell. put them in there. Yeah. They're just waiting for you. Sat there. Totally are. Yeah. Mm. Because then it also that it adds a uh, it adds another level of texture. Yeah. And adds more moisture. So I'm a little bit concerned about myself because I'm a little bit worried that I I use baking as a rather than I, I you know I, I, oh it's peace and love and it brings people together through cake and sugar. <laughs> I think it's emotional manipulation. Oh, it's totally emotional manipulation. This one, I think, is this one's kind of, these are kind of filthy. I don't think you'd serve <laughs> these to your in-laws. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I think they feel a bit rude. They're very fudgy. And I do think, yeah, I, 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 and I, I find it quite, I make these quite often for my colleagues. And quite often they're like, oh my God. <laughs> they're so easy, people. Make the brownies. Make yourself happy. Mm. But to be honest, the recipe is going to be online. The thing is, people are like, oh my God, how did you make these? It's so easy. It's so unbelievably easy. And as I always say, nothing bad happens when you put this much butter, sugar, and chocolate together. Bad stuff doesn't happen unless you burn it, and, and you're not going to do that. So um, only lovely things happen. So so yeah, I like these. I think they're a bit filthy. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, <laughs> well, no, but that's, I think that's what you want from a chocolate yeah, dessert, yeah. right? I don't want to feel chased. No, that's, you know, that's really... I don't see that as much on this side of the Atlantic, now that I think about it. But all of these desserts in the U.S. are called Death by Chocolate. Oh, I always say, right? The idea right? Of, yeah. Um, so this would be like your last your, 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 last, your meal last meal kind of yeah. thing. But I feel, like, I feel like what they really want to say is chocolate orgasm, mm. but they can't because no. it's the U.S. No. Um, but that's actually you know, super random. There's um, all of these old madrigals. Um, songs from Renaissance Baroque uh, talk about death, but really what they're talking about is orgasm. Mm. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I always want to say they're filthy, mm-hmm. but you don't really want to introduce the idea of filth and food. This is a clean kitchen. <laughs> As you can see, well, it was very clear to me that your subtext of filthy yeah, yeah, was, 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 uh, was dirty. But, but then when you say dirty, no. that's the same. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, these are my dirty brownies. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, I would advise these, everybody. I, I think, yeah, these, these are... A, I absolutely also advise These them. are a crowd pleaser. Mm. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, when you're trying to win friends... I think these are a good option. Yeah, win friends and influence people and influence with brownies. People. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, because oh, it's just pleasure, right? Exactly. But also, yeah, yeah. I guess you don't you don't want your in laws to think about pleasure. No. I don't want me thinking about pleasure around. Maybe your that's it. Maybe I think that's, that's what it. it is. I feel like if I serve these, I'd be like, mm-hmm. you know, you like, do you know? <laughs> okay. You know that you shouldn't eat bananas and make eye contact with people. <laughs> I feel like you shouldn't eat these and make eye contact with me. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 It's a little, a little rude. Oh, too much. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it has to do with the texture as well. Yeah, Thank there's you. a fudginess. Yeah, there's, there's something fudginess. about the very fudgy, smooth, yeah. like... Yeah. Smooth texture. And these are these are these are made yesterday, and I think they're they're good to leave for a day. If you get, once they're straight out of the oven, they just fall apart. Mm, <laughs> no, you gotta apart. let them rest. Let them rest. Let them, especially whenever you're cooking anything with dark chocolate, um, because uh, yeah, makes it makes a big difference. So, but anyway, thank you for coming and eating my well, healthy brownies. 
<laughs> we'll come and eat your filthy brownies anytime mm. um, uh, <laughs> thank you so much Donna. Um you're doing lots of things like Woman on the Mound yeah. I'm going to put links up to that and um, Ooh, and Mad Improv Mad if you're improv. in Madrid yeah, Mad Improv in Madrid any mm. other um, Berlin improv areas we should be looking at any uh, particular uh, groups that you would advise people to go in and have a quick go I should absolutely check out what they're doing down at Comedy Cafe Berlin mm-hmm. this is down in a lovely little corner of Neukölln they have a house team and that does more long form type stuff and they also host comedy sports and they have yeah a Friday night improv so every Friday night there will be improv of some kind and they're actually doing Spanish improv I think tomorrow night oh wow yeah Yeah. and they have German improv sometimes as well but they're definitely definitely worth checking out cool excellent So everyone, that was Summer on Improv. You can find links to Summer stuff on the website neulingerinberlin.com and we're very excited that we're on iTunes now, now that we've finally figured out how to do that. So please, please, please subscribe and like and share on Facebook and feel free to tweet at me, at Berlin. That's all you have to do. Maybe just send me a little tweet, please. Oh, and it's summertime, so make yourself those uh, brownies and make yourself very, very popular by casually taking them to a a picnic with some friends or some colleagues. Um, And until next episode, I will speak to you very soon. Mm -hmm.